Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Ashton, how was your rivalry week? <laughs> a little scary, honestly. <laughs> a little bit scary. Uh, it was a fantastic week of football, though, or a weekend, I guess. We had we had football Thursday night. We had it Friday, kind of Friday all day, and then Saturday, obviously, all day. So it was it was really good. This is it's one of the best four day stretches of football that you can have. It's, mm-hmm. it's really elite. Um, I will say, so we're recording this on a Monday night, uh, Sunday. I, I tried to sit down and watch a little bit of NFL football and I, I can sometimes kind of sit there and watch it, but it, it's not the same, man. Like there is a, there is a dip in uh, entertainment quality. When you go from like that rivalry intensity, the intensity of Michigan, Ohio state to yeah, what, what was there were some NFL games like I think the Panthers were playing and it was awful. <laughs> like it was yeah, not very much fun. So yeah, it was a great hey, there was a lot of really interesting uh storylines. I'm sure we'll talk about the Alabama Auburn debacle here at some point. Mm-hmm. But like the Ohio State Michigan game in, like we've been looking forward to that game for a really, really long time. Um, it's one of, yeah, one of the games of the year. Yeah, by the way, just on your NFL point there, I went to work this morning. And someone started telling me about this NFL game that happened and my eyes just kind of glazed over. Like, yeah. it's just not the same. And this was, I mean, rivalry week, it just doesn't get any better than that. So let's just kind of jump into some of those scores. Um, starts with Thanksgiving, of course, the Egg Bowl. Ole Miss beats Mississippi State 17-7. to Didn't really feel like it was ever in doubt. Did you have a different feel on it than that, Ashton? Uh, no, no, not really. I mean, Ole Miss was a better football team. Uh, yeah. Mississippi State's a little bit toothless. Um, they also just hired a, a new head coach since the end of this game. More on that probably here in a, here in a bit. So, yeah, yeah. O- Ole Miss, 10 wins for them. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin getting the job done. Good for him. Hey, yes. th- that, was, that is a good year for Ole Miss. They played Georgia, Alabama, and LSU, and they still only have two losses. There's not many teams um, out there that would go 10 and two with that schedule. I, I think Ole Miss is a good football team. Yeah. Excellent job by them this year. All right. Moving on down a bunch of scores to read Miami beats Boston college 45 to 20. Iowa beat Nebraska 13 to 10. Um, this was a wild game at the end. I don't know if it's worth talking about, uh, but yeah, Ashton, uh, this kept Nebraska from getting bowl eligible in the first year in the Matt rule. Iowa gets it with the walk-off kick at the end, coming after a disastrous interception by Chubba Purdy. Um, any more on it from your side? <laughs> well, okay, so I- Iowa actually had the ball um, in a tie football game, and then yeah. they did the really they, – they threw an interception, but that was really so that they could get their defense back on the field <laughs> to then pick a ball off and get them in better field position to kick a right. field goal. So it was a big brain play, really, from the Ferences. Um, I felt, hey, 10 and 2 for them, a lot of negativity coming their way. And I mean, they might get blasted this week in the, in the conference championship. They're 10 and 2, though. They're going to have a really good bowl game. Um, yeah, hey, credit to them. They won. It was nothing pretty about this at all. <laughs> um, as someone who had a few dollars, a uh, few of my own shekels uh, sprinkled um, on <laughs> Iowa covering, they did. But man, I didn't feel good about it. Uh, 13 to 10, the final score there. And in the same sport, we had Oklahoma and TCU, which was 69 to 45. 
Um, just a points bonanza. Oklahoma's offense looked pretty unstoppable. Yeah. We'll talk more about Jeff Levy leaving there later, but good showing by them. Tulane finishes an 11-1 regular season with a win over UTSA, 29-16. to Good win for them there. Missouri absolutely crushed Arkansas 48-14 to go 10-2. and Really impressive season by Mizzou. Yeah. Um, yeah. Arkansas, on the other hand, it ends at 4-8. and And big year coming up for them. Big offseason coming up for them. They're holding on to the coach, but we'll see. We'll see what happens for them. Texas crushes Texas Tech 57-7. to I was really impressed by the way they took care of business. Um, not that I, I guess I didn't view Texas Tech as having a legit shot of winning that game, but I, I figured they'd have a legit shot of scaring them at least. And Texas just was having none of it. I thought it could have been a um, okay. Well, we, we've mentioned it. We it's the the classic look ahead game, you know, right for Texas. I mean, Texas is going to Texas, right? Like that's kind of a verb. Almost. And they haven't all year. And Texas Tech's a good football team. I mean, good is a relative term. They're a bowl team, right? Like they have six wins. They're not bad. Um, and this that was dominant. I mean, a 50 point win against a rival. Absolutely. You take that. They were not looking ahead to the uh, to the Big 12 championship game. They yeah focused on Texas Tech and just blew them out like they should. They were the better football team. Penn State squashes Michigan State 42 to zero. And then the most impressive showing, I would say, of the Friday slate, Oregon beats Oregon State 31-7, to just a complete domination in a game that we really thought was a great game. And and I still, like in retrospect, I, I don't regret saying that at all. Um, yeah. Jonathan Smith did an excellent job with, with Oregon State this year. Um, sure. And it's possible, I guess, he was looking ahead to the next thing, taking the Michigan State job later, but... Yeah, I, I'm just mostly impressed by Oregon coming out of this game. Yeah, absolutely. How could you not be? I mean, Oregon State's a good football team that gives a lot of people problems. I understand the point about Jonathan Smith maybe having one foot out the door. I mean, those talks had probably already started. Um, he kind of even hinted to it a little bit. Like if I my he said something like, if my agent's not um, you know, fielding offers, then he's not doing his job. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and and that's true. Maybe that's not, <laughs> that's not the honesty that everyone really wants to hear, but that's kind of the truth of the matter of what goes on behind the scenes. So yeah, maybe he was a little uh, one foot out the door. It doesn't matter though. Like this is a really big win for Oregon, a win that they needed to have too. Like um, they didn't have a, a spot in the Pac-12 championship game, just locked up. If they lose this game, there's a scenario where Arizona actually would have gotten in. Um, so yeah, Oregon did what they needed to do, needed to do. Um, big one coming up this Friday though, man, that's a, that's a big one around the corner for them. Absolutely. Okay. Getting into Saturday, Purdue wins the old Oak and Buck against Indiana 35, 31 late comeback for them. Notre Dame beats Stanford. Sorry. I have those scores at the top because uh, those are my favorite teams. So even though Notre Dame played later in the evening, we'll just get out of the way. Notre Dame beat Stanford 56 to 23. Um, not a whole lot to talk about here. Stanford is trash. Just wanted to point out one thing. Notre Dame's most likely um, bowl game is the Real Quest Bowl, and their most likely opponent is LSU, which is coached by Brian Kelly, of course. That's so, fun, though. That's just fun. Just something to point out. Yeah. Hey, th- that's that's entertainment. You could get – hopefully Jaden Daniels would play in that game like Malik Neighbors doesn't opt out. I'm just saying, if we could somehow wish that into existence, that's ratings. Like, that's that what might, we need. We need to see that. Yeah. That might outdraw some New Year's Six Bowl games, honestly. It should. That That's elite television. It, it's, yes, like the czar of college football, whoever it is, the bowl game, whoever the, the guru is, we need that. I need that one badly. Yep. 
just just keep that in mind when the selection committee makes their choices this coming Sunday. Um, all right, let's move on. Duke beats Pitt 30 to 19. Kentucky upsets Louisville 38 to 31. Yep. Um, eliminates the little tiny sliver of a chance that Louisville had to make the playoff, but yeah. they still get to go to the ACC championship game. Um, and Kentucky gets to feel a little bit better about their season. Um, finishing seven and five with obviously the win there in the rivalry game. What are your thoughts about this game, Ashton? Louisville, they got to 10 wins. They were 10 and one, mainly on the back of a schedule that was not very good. Right. However, they did what they needed to do to have 10 wins in that schedule. Like like both of those things are true. Louisville was, they impressed us more um, than what we thought. And they also had a weak schedule. Those are both true. Kentucky, however, was the better football team on Saturday. Yeah. So <laughs> Kentucky is a team that's been blown out by, by team. Like, well, Georgia blew out Kentucky. So did Alabama, right? Like, but they do have Ken, Kentucky's. I, if it's, it's part of a much longer conversation about sec bias and like, do you really want to get into how much, how into the weeds do you really want to go? But there, and Mark Stoops also owns Louisville. Like that is also true. Mark Stoops has, he's been dominant right against, against the Cardinal, the, the job that he did there with all the distractions going on for Kentucky later on that night, literally that night, I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think Kentucky did a little bit of what we saw South Carolina do the end of last season when they went South Carolina wasn't as good as, as Clemson at the end of last season, but they went and beat them anyway. Right. Um, Clemson still had a little bit of a playoff hope. This was kind of the same deal. It's, it's two similarly constructed teams. I think that one just happens to play a much weaker schedule than the other and gets ranked way higher when there's not much difference between Kentucky and Louisville. There's really not. Um, Kentucky had to play Alabama and, and Georgia this year. And sometimes that that's not just that loss. Sometimes that even affects you the week after you play Alabama and Georgia because you're still banged up. So mm-hmm. I, I view them uh, yeah, as about the same um, Kentucky and Louisville. It was, it was a close game, but Kentucky was better and won the game on the road. Good for them. Right. All right. The game we get to uh, the biggest game of the day, Michigan beats Ohio state 30 to 24. Kind of took an early lead, and then Ohio State came back and tied it at 17. Michigan, finally, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts, I guess, about the way, like, to me it felt kind of like a 50-50 game, but Michigan won the turnover battle, and that's, there you go. They won by six. Is it is that oversimplifying it? Which it is. Of course it is. But what, what are your thoughts about this game, Ashton? Okay, so Ohio State has been called soft. I, I have called Ohio State soft mm-hmm. for two to three years now, probably three years. We'll call it three years. And I've been right. I've been right so often. I will say that they have, Ohio State is not soft this year. They were a physical football team that went on the road to Michigan and had a chance to win that football game. Michigan was a better football team than Ohio State. It had nothing to do with one team not wanting it, one team being soft. Ohio State was, was they were physical up front. I was impressed with them. So was Michigan. These were two really good football teams. Um, someone does have to lose it. And I'm not going to wimp out with, with you know, someone has to lose. I Because I, I kind of hate that argument. These are two of the four best football teams in the country right now. Um, I feel that way. I think that, yeah, I, I mean, Ohio State is out now. And it, it was a playoff game and Ohio State lost and they're out and they should be. Um, but I, 
all that said, I was impressed with how they played because they didn't have a fantastic quarterback. Like he, Kyle McCord was not fantastic. Um, and, and Ohio state hung in there. So I'll, I'll lob it back to you kind of on that one. I was impressed with Ohio state. I was too, uh, not super impressed by Kyle McCord. He had his moments and yes. I don't think he's bad. He's not a bad quarterback. I, I, that one interception in the first half to me, that felt like right there, like Michigan can't do made, it. yeah, can't you do just it. Can't do it. Um, and that to me was the ultimately the difference in the game. Michigan caught that interception. Ohio State dropped an interception also in the first half. And there you go. Like that's the game. If if that's switched, it you probably goes the other way. Um yeah, but I agree with you completely. That felt like two of the powerhouse teams in the in the sport this year going at it. The game was at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Some and, and yeah, like you can say all the cliches. Somebody had to win and somebody had to lose. But yeah, right. I, honestly, that's just what it was. Like, um, I I have been, I guess, pleasantly surprised by how few Ohio State fans I'm seeing call for Ryan Day's job. Like, I think they realize okay. like th- there's a few like there's okay. Maurice Claret was out there tweeting, you know, right before the game. I saw that. Yeah, it was I like, saw it. We got to support Ryan Day. He's he's doing a great job. And then after the game, you know, Ryan Day needs to go. <laughs> um, can't lose to Michigan three years in a row. And you can't no. Hang on, hang on. No. You you can't lose to Michigan three times in a row. Okay, Ryan Day will go down. His his legacy will be that he let Michigan off the mat because he did. Michigan was a they they are they are better now because of that. Ryan Day's at Ohio State and Urban Meyer's not there anymore. Like like he is responsible for that a little bit. And I know everyone everyone's all like oh they they give Ohio State all the love and like I I understand that Ohio State's a good football team. Michigan is your arch rival. Like you were dominating Michigan until you got there. You, I, I don't understand how he could how he can he's going to keep his job. There's not nearly enough outrage for him to lose his job. So he's going to keep his job through all of this. And I'm saying that's wrong. He does need to go. So did Ohio State get worse or did Michigan just figure something out and get a whole lot better the last three years? That's partly your fault. <laughs> like Ohio State is not as good. They were soft. I called them soft the last three years because they were like, like they, they got pushed around by Michigan. And I like these two things don't, they can't operate together. I don't think Ohio state and Michigan can both stay elite at the top for long extended periods of time. I think there's going to be a change a little bit in, in power. I think it's kind of this you're it's similar to what happened with, um, with Alabama and Georgia, right? Like Alabama was there. They they let Kirby get one, then suddenly Kirby gets two. Like Kirby might get a few more. I think it's I think it's similar. There is a thing like momentum, and if I wasn't if I was an Ohio State fan, I would want Ryan Day gone. So how could they upgrade that coaching position? Because I think I... okay okay I, I've heard I've heard the argument, and people are like, well, you know, Saban's not walking through the door, Kirby's not coming through the door. Like who else are we going to get? We don't want anyone else. Go to the NFL. Go get someone like you're, you're Ohio state. You, you are not. Yeah. Everyone's an option for you. You can go pay whatever. I, 
I just I I don't see how it's acceptable. I yeah, wh whatever. I, I I understand that I'm wrong here. Like everyone disagrees with me. Um, I'm the only one that thinks that he should still be fired. I think Maurice Claret was really onto something there. Like he had it right. Um, he since deleted the tweet. I don't know if you knew that. He's actually yeah after he said you know he needs to be gone and then he like he deletes the tweet i don't know i just i i don't see how you can do it i i think ohio state recruiting is going to start to suffer i i think yeah i i'm interested to see how how it maybe i'm wrong maybe i am wrong um but if if i'm jim harbaugh yeah i want to keep seeing ryan day on the other side there because i know i can beat him i couldn't beat urban meyer before i can absolutely i own ryan day if you're an NFL coach, why would you want to go to the college game where you have to recruit year round? Mm -hmm. You have to recruit yeah. your own guys 24 seven and you can go 11 and one and people will, will be disappointed with you. Why Harbaugh would you do did. that? I mean, Jim Harbaugh did like, they're going to build him a statue out there. Yeah. That was, that was one of, that was a situation where it felt like he had kind of, worn out his welcome in san francisco things were not going super well anymore okay two names i have, I have two names here real quick you're not gonna like the one marcus freeman that's okay whatever that's he's ohio state guy i think vrabel would do a great job at ohio state sure nfl, he, NFL head coach is, he's not leaving the titans to go coach ohio state why not he'd get it's a pay bump he, he'll get paid more sure to go home also to go home that's where he's from he will also have a three times harder job than he does with the Titans. Like I'm telling you coaching an NFL team, it does not get better than that because you make comparable pay, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit less than some of the top college guys, unless your name is Belichick. Right. But you do not have to recruit. You have a general manager who worries about your roster. All you have to do is hire assistant coaches and then coach on coach on game day. You don't even have to be good at coaching fundamentals because they, they all they're NFL players. Like it is so much harder to coach a college program than it is to coach an NFL team. I do think that with with us getting into the NIL space, it's getting easier. Like I think in in that I understand the recruiting never stops, but it does come down to a transaction. A little bit more like what's your number and i can i have this much and like either yes or no like either i can pay you or i can't pay you that much um like i i think it's especially at a place like ohio state alabama the the big schools they have there's enough structure in place to where the the head coach isn't having to be he doesn't have to be gone all the time and not if he doesn't want to so i i do think it's getting better i i i think there's i think that point while valid is a little overblown that college coaches have no time off like i the the point i i hear it and it's a it's a valid point like they have less time off but i do think it's getting that's going to come back that whole that whole balance thing the work-life balancing of college coaches is going to swing back the other way a little bit yeah maybe well let's jump into michigan side real quick um Michigan is now first again in the national championship odds on FanDuel. They're plus 185. Georgia's plus 200. Are you buying or selling on Michigan being the favorite as the for the national title? Are you buying or selling? I'd be selling. I don't think I – plus 185 is way too steep for me. There's no way – or I should say, like, there's, there's no way – yeah. It's not just not good enough value to ever bet that on Michigan. I don't think this year. Like, 
No. I was pretty impressed with McCarthy. Um, 16 of 20 really for, good throws. Yeah. 16 of 20 for 148. He didn't have a, a tremendous amount of yards, but I thought he was very accurate, especially on key downs. Like um, the fourth down throw to Loveland, uh, there was like a fourth and one, like a little play action play that they that they threw the little out to Loveland. That's a play that's easy to miss, and a guy gets up tight and skips it at his shoes. Happens a ton. He he put it on him. I was impressed with that. The, the touchdown throw that was you know was it a touchdown? Was it an interception? Um, we'll always argue. I that was a dot yeah. though. Like he threw it yeah, right it at was. the linebacker's ear. Like that was that was placed perfectly. He had that a number was, of those throws that I was. Those are NFL throws. That was the best throw I've ever seen him make. That was very impressive. Real real quick, just off the top of your head, you don't have to think these through. Like, what is your gut feel? Who would you favor in a neutral field, Michigan or Georgia? Georgia, yeah. Michigan or Oregon. Uh, I, I would lean Michigan. Okay. Lean Michigan. Yeah. Michigan or Texas. <laughs> See, it's I'd tough. Te- I'd, I'd say Texas. Probably Texas. Mich- Michigan or Alabama. Bama. Yeah. Don't. Oh, Michigan does not want any part of Bama. I don't think that matches up. I don't think they match up well at all. Yeah. So I, I think I agree mostly with you. I, yeah. Okay, but that's that's not the point. I, part of that is that you're you're taking into account the fact that Michigan hasn't won a playoff game. <laughs> like sure. like that, that that's factoring in here a little bit. Like they can be the number one seed all they want to be, um, and if they beat Iowa, they 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 probably will either one or two. They still have to go and win, you know, a playoff game, which we have not seen them do. Well, one of the issues is there's no TCU making the playoff field this year, and like maybe you say Florida State is that. Or maybe well, if lost, Washington upsets it. Oregon again. They lost to TCU as well. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we should probably move on to some other games, okay. although it is a very fun discussion, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it later. All right. UCF beats Houston 27-13 to to make a bowl game. LSU beats Texas A&M 42-30 in a game that looked for a while like they might lose. Texas A&M came out to fight. First half, LSU only scored 14. This was, this was close for a while. And then – Jaden Daniels got the Heisman campaign rolling again in the second half. Um, let's see. Syracuse beat Wake 35 to 31, which is a little awkward because they're now bowl eligible and they just fired Dino Babers, which I kind of feel like making a bowl game at Syracuse is about all you can ask for. But uh, Utah beats Colorado 23 to 17. Colorado finishes four and eight after starting four and two, and they've been losing some uh big commitments recruiting wise just something to keep an eye on for them going forward james madison finishes an 11-1 season with a dominant performance against coastal carolina 56 to 14 maryland beat beat rutgers 42 to 24 not a lot to talk about there but both teams are making a bowl game so that's that's good for them tennessee beat vanderbilt 48 24 sad for us we we were kind of vanderbilt guys going into the season they finished two and ten yep Virginia Tech crushes Virginia 55 to 17. They're going bowling in Brent Price's second season, so he's doing some good work there. Kind of under the radar, but good for him. Northwestern beat Illinois 45 to 43 um, to go seven and five and to keep Illinois from being bowl eligible. They finish five and seven. Has anyone done a better coaching job than David Brown no. this year? We had them completely left for dead by week two. You know what I'm saying? We were, me and you were both actively betting against Northwestern and winning because they were a complete yes. barn fire the first couple of weeks. What a job! Yeah. Just, but not just, the, not just the coaching staff. Like the whole program, the the players didn't quit. I mean, that's really impressive. Seven and five, <laughs> they're going to go bowling. They deserve to. 
Um, yeah, wow. That that is underrated, the job that they did just holding that thing together. I would like to know how often a Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern team scored 45 points in a Big Ten game. Yeah. That's that's impressive. All right. The Iron Bowl. Spectacular game. Um Alabama squeaks by against Auburn 27 to 24. What a weird game, Ashton. It felt like for most of it that Alabama was kind of in control, but not really. And then Auburn found a way. They take a lead and they have out they have Alabama in fourth and goal from the 31-yard line. And they rushed to and spied a defender for some reason. And Jalen Milrow makes the throw of his life. And Alabama converts and wins the game. Um, Ashton, go. <laughs> On that last play, a lot's been made about the play call. And, and I agree with you. As I was watching the game live, I think I even mentioned it. Like, rush five. Bring five. Make them throw hot. Tackle the hot route. Yep. This isn't this isn't that hard. If they make two guys miss and score a touchdown, we'll tip our cap. But we're going to rush five. I what they did there, and it was kind of their their strategy all night. They dropped. They they would rush three, drop eight. It happened all night for Auburn. And you want to say that, like that's a terrible play call? Like I hear you. Jalen Milrow is not making that throw again ever in his life. Yeah. That was a that was a one off. For him, he was he was standing in the middle of the pocket, not rolling out, not close like he had to throw across the field to the corner and drop it in a bucket mm-hmm. in the back corner of the end zone, probably 45 yards away by the time you factor in his, his drop back in the, the 10 yards in the end zone, which he did like he's never hitting that throw again ever. So, yeah, like I'll I'll tip my cap to him for that one. I, I think. It's unfortunate for Auburn. I mean, yeah. like Hugh Freeze did an exceptional job in this game. Yes. I was really impressed with how, by the way, not just this game, how they played against Georgia too. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't just, this was not just a one-off where they were s- seriously competitive with a potential playoff team. Like this is, this has happened multiple times now. They turned the ball over three times in this game, Auburn did. Alabama did not turn the ball over once, and Auburn should have won this game. They ran all over Alabama. I was really impressed. rushing yards yep. without a good quarterback to, to threaten the defense. Peyton Thorne completed five out of 16 passes in this game, yep. and Auburn still should have won the game. That Yeah, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I'm just completing your thought kind of like, what a job by Auburn, their run game especially. I was super impressed. They led for large chunks of this game, especially – well, I mean, pretty much the, the whole fourth quarter until the very end there, most of the most of the, uh, the third quarter as well. So, yeah, it, it was really neat um, to see just the atmosphere for, for most of this game. And, and if I may, we'll just take a, a little bit of time and, and go back to it, but – in the early in the first quarter, the uh, it was a, a CBS crew, the SEC on CBS crew. There was a little montage, right, um, in in one of those commercial breaks, and it just it was Home Depot actually, who sponsors like the whole thing, uh, played it. And and I'll be honest, it was a bit of a tearjerker for me. I got a little <laughs> emotional because it was as you, as you're sitting there watching, it was just all the memories through the years. It's my childhood. Pretty much, it was the the Tim Tebow stuff. The and and they 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 played the Johnny Manziel highlights and and the the great you know all the great Joe Burrow throws and 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 then we got a little bit at the end you know we got uh, Stetson Bennett running around making plays like there's so much that Tua Tua yeah 
in the second 26, like the whole thing, it, it was all sitting there. Um, and it was just, a, just kind of, they played the biggest hits, you know, from the last 20 years. And, and it's not going to be the same. The music, I, ah, that was the last iron bowl on CBS. It's not, it's not the same. I know. I think the big Ten's going to try to keep the music and yeah, I mean, good for them. It's not the same. Like that, that is, that is my childhood. It's what I grew up on with. It's what that music signified that something big is happening now. Like, like we have to watch now because this is the game of, of the week, you know? And mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, and to see it, to see it go, I, I know it's, you know, adapt or die. I don't really have a chance. Everything's changing. So um, it, we, we just, we have to keep moving here, but it, I just want, just want to throw it out there. What a really impressive job by the CBS crew for, for all these years, calling all these iron bulls and they get to end on just a, another fantastic game yeah. and a great call at the end. It was a little rough to, to hear Gary Danielson call for suggest strongly that Bama kicked the field goal with under a minute left down by four. <laughs> that was a little bit rough, but everything else was great. So yeah, but well, it's yeah. Gary. Come on. It's yeah. Gary. It's Uncle Gary. That's what he does. He's Mr. Conservative. It's okay. All right, moving on. Wisconsin beats Minnesota 28-14, to keeping Minnesota from going bowling. There was a lot of that Saturday, by the way. A lot of five and seven teams that could not lost. get over the hump. Yeah. They lost. Yeah. Oklahoma State escapes in double overtime against BYU to get to go to the Big 12 title game. They were down by two scores in this game for, for a good chunk of it, and they finally they found a way. Um I guess that's the Oklahoma State story of 2023 is they found a way. Uh, Arizona, holy cow. Uh, They're good, man. They're good. They finished nine and three with a dominant win against Arizona State, 59 to 23. Jed Fish, I mean, we, we, we sang David Braun's praises at Northwestern a little bit ago. You can do the mm-hmm. same with Jed Fish at Arizona. He has really turned that program around. I, I mean, yeah, what what can you say really? Nine and three at Arizona in his second season, super impressive. Where do you think he's going? You think he gets a job, or you think he stays there? As an Indiana fan, I would love to see him there, but that's probably not yeah. going to happen. Good yeah. luck, good luck. Uh, I, I heard he's a he's a Florida grad, and in case Napier is gone at the end of next year, um, yeah, yeah, maybe something to keep an eye on. That that would make a lot of sense. Liberty finishes twelve and zero with a win against UTEP, forty two to twenty eight. Jamie Chadwell apparently turned down Mississippi State. Um, Heard that. Yeah. yeah. So um, the final Apple Cup as conference rivals, Washington escapes Washington State 24 to 21 um, late field goal. Yeah, this was just a fun game. Washington, to me, they feel like this year's TCU in that they keep winning one score games somehow. Yeah. I think. I think they're maybe a little more talented than TCU was last year, but man, the profile is similar as far as just the way they're winning. And on one hand, you say that means they're probably not as good as their record states. On the other hand, props to them for just continually finding ways to win. I thought Cam Ward was pretty solid in this game for Washington State. Um, Washington's defense actually playing pretty well in the second half when they really needed to. Um yeah, Washington wins yet another game. They finish the regular season 12-0. With it all to play for, too. I, I yeah. think Washington is disrespected a little bit. I know they're playing a ton of close games, 
like they they did beat Oregon. Like let's not forget yeah. about that. We 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 laud all this praise on Oregon. Just pile it on Oregon. Washington beat them. They they played a game this year. Um. So yeah, they 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 have to beat them one more time, and they're going to the playoff, and and will deserve to be in. Um. If they if they do that. Sure. All right. Florida State beats Florida twenty four to fifteen. They also finished twelve and zero. It was ugly to start with. Uh, Tate Rodemaker, the backup quarterback who came in for Jordan Travis. Rough start for him. The offense yeah. was not figuring anything out for a while. They finally seemed to settle down a little bit in the second half. It still wasn't pretty, but their defense played well in the second half. And Florida, some untimely penalties, just kind of shooting themselves in the foot in the fourth quarter. Um, it feels a little bit too normal for Florida under Billy Napier. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, they are, are yet another team that finished five and seven and will not go bowling. I, I watched a ton of this game. Um, had a lot of playoff implications, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I watched as much of this game as I did uh, Georgia, Georgia tech, which is going on at the same time. I think, okay. <laughs> this one's like, this one's a little tricky, but Florida State, if they win out, they're going to the playoff, right? However, Florida State is not very good. Like, that's also <laughs> true. So, um, F- Florida was the better football team throughout the majority of this game. Um, they were, yeah, they they ran the ball really well. I was impressed with Florida. Like, I was really yeah. impressed with the defense. I thought they were aggressive. You're right. They make they make some boneheaded plays, though. Like, like they have some some. Okay, Florida had just gotten a safety in the late in the second quarter and the well late first half. Right, they get the ball punted back to them. Right after you get the safety, they're up twelve nothing. Two score lead with the ball, and after you get it on a safety, you like you you return that thing to like the forty five yard line. Like they were almost at midfield. They had a chance to go up three scores going into halftime. They don't. Florida State and yeah, they they called like a double reverse pass or something like just an absurd call for for Florida. Yeah. It was a I think it ended up getting called for grounding because they had to throw it away. Yep. Drive killer, right? Florida State gets the ball, goes down, scores, boom. It's twelve seven at halftime. Florida State has life. And and they 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 continued to fight until I mean but but Florida State had I mean they they were going to win from that point forward, um, so yeah like in in that Florida should have won this game like like yeah. yeah keep going back to that there are some awful refs this whole weekend um, this game signified it there was there was a a roughing the passer call in this oh, game that was so the bad. worst calls that, that I've ever seen. It was it was a terrible call. In the Auburn-Alabama game, there was a face mask where the guy nearly got his head ripped off, and we're yeah. like, the ref did not throw a flag. Um, in the Georgia-Georgia Tech game, there was a, a roughing the passer call that was like, he he just kind of set him down. Like, I don't, like okay, like, I guess we can't tackle anymore. Th- there was so many missed calls um, this, this, this whole weekend. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was frustrating to watch. And this game had quite a few, I think Norvell was, was pretty frustrated at, at times on the sideline. Yeah. Florida. They don't feel like a five and seven team to me. I don't know what their huge weaknesses are. I also don't know what they're especially great at. They have a couple of really good running backs, right? They just, man, this next season is so important for them. Obviously, I mean Billy Napier. I it feels like he's got one more chance, and it he has one more year. Yeah, he's got one more year, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I don't even. I'm kind of at a loss for words with them. 
Florida missed two field goals. They attempted four. They Florida attempted four field goals, missed two. Like if say they hit all fours, like, I mean, say they convert one or two of those into touchdowns there, they win this game early. Like this game's over in, you know, the third quarter. So yeah, they had chances here. Florida was Florida absolutely punched with Florida state this whole game. Hmm. Um, And yeah, they, they, they couldn't convert. That reminds me of something we did not touch on earlier. Ryan day. One thing I will side with you on against Ryan day is some rough fourth down decision making. Um, touchdowns win games, man. And yeah, yeah that's really important. Uh, West Virginia beats Baylor 34 to 31. They finish eight and four. Great job by them this year. Baylor finishes three and nine. They will retain Dave Aranda, kind of similar to Billy Napier. I think he's got one more year to figure things out. Kansas beats Cincinnati 49 to 16. Georgia beats Georgia Tech 31 to 23. They were in control the whole game, kind of, until sort of the end, and then Georgia Tech made it close. Uh, any thoughts other than maybe Georgia looking ahead to the SEC championship game? Sure. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're looking ahead. Also, like, the referees took, like, three touchdowns off the board for just bogus penalties. Um, clearly, the refs did not agree with me and you um, on the Georgia covering the 24 points. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we were the right side, though. Ben. Like, I, I would bet it I would bet it again. Yeah. Um, it was, it was very unfortunate. <laughs> um, yeah. What happened? Georgia was about just to, just to run away with that thing. And the referees were like, no, not so fast. We are not letting you win this game by that much. Yeah. Clemson beats South Carolina 16 to seven denying South Carolina bowl game. Uh, one defensive touchdown for Clemson and several field goals. And that was it. Um, any takeaways? I, 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 this one here was as close to the NFL games that I watched yesterday. Um, as possible. Yeah. Th- th- this was not a fun game to watch. No. There was one offensive touchdown scored, and it was not scored by the winning team. Um, it was only scored by South Carolina. So, yeah, it was it was a struggle bus. Congrats to Clemson. Um, I guess you know you don't yeah. let them beat you twice in a row. I was weirdly, I mean, they scored seven points, but I was kind of impressed by Spencer Rattler. Uh, they cannot block at all for him. No, zero. No. Um. I'm curious to see if he can do anything at all in the NFL with a competent offensive line. We'll see. Does he have a COVID year? Any chance he comes back? Oh, like, couldn't he? Couldn't he come back for one more? I think he. I think he has one more year left. Um, I guess I'm not sure about that. You might be right with the with the COVID year. He he's probably not going to. Like he's probably going to go. But yeah, I I agree that that guy has impressed me a lot just with his toughness. That guy got he got blitzed every single game. He just got pounded. Um, and he's yeah, he just hung in there and, and didn't quit on his team. So he deserved better. Uh, Spencer sure. Rattler, w- it, say you put him on a um, like a, a solid team that is just in need of a quarterback, um, like put him on Iowa. some you know, someone like that. Like there's a big difference there. Like yes. Spencer Rattler makes NFL throws. He has a great. Yep. North Carolina loses to NC State 39 to 20. Just an absolute boat racing. Didn't get much of this myself, but was never close from the jump, really. Um, yeah, so impressive job by NC State. Kind of a weak start to the season, and they finished nine and three. So good job by them. Yeah. Dave Dorn just continues to do a good job at at a program that's not all that high on the level of tiers in college football, and yet continues to be an eight or nine win team. So good for them. Uh, a snowy Farmageddon leads to Iowa State <laughs> upsetting Kansas State 42-35. Um, impressive win by Iowa State. They finished 7-5. and five. We didn't think a whole lot of them this year, and they, yeah, pretty good win by them. Um, 
Cal upsets UCLA 33-7. They're bowl eligible. Um, good job by Justin Wilcox. Not a very good team, honestly, in my opinion, at Cal, and they found a way um, to win six games, so good for them. Um, any games I missed, missed Ashton, that you were no. wanting to talk about? Mm-mm. One thing, just one quick note before I move on. Off the top of your head, do you know which conference has the most bowl-eligible teams this year? Okay, I is it the Sun Belt? It is the Sun Belt with 12 teams that are bowl-eligible. Impressive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I thought I thought of that. I knew it was a wild number. I, I didn't know it was 12. Um, and I yeah, I I've, I thought it was. And that's crazy though. Like like yes. the um like just the depth that you have to have. Sunbelts, they're pretty frisky. Like yeah. there's some teams in there that are solid and would compete in, in a lot of the power five conferences right now. Sure. Okay, let's move on. Um we will still do our draft of okay. top 10 games to watch. There's just 10 games, but the <laughs> the uh, the order here, I guess, is what we're going for. Yeah. Um, Ashton, it's your turn to pick first. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. It's it's Oregon, Washington. They're number one. Yeah. That that's not real hard. It's Friday night. Um, I'm a Georgia fan, and and I, even I'm picking um, Oregon, Washington. It's for, it's a playoff spot. It's a playing game. We have a couple of those. Honestly, we have a couple of playing games. Oregon's favored by nine and a half. The game is in Las Vegas. That's all great. Washington beat Oregon. And we have to come back to that. Like, I understand that we rank (laughs) Oregon so high in all these power ratings. I get it. Washington played them this year and beat them. And and at some point, that does have to matter. Uh, Computers, like, they can think whatever they want. The, The game on the field, that happened this year. Washington was the better team and won. Um, and, and I think nine and a half is wildly high up the line there. I, I'm sure you thought that too. I would be very curious to know how many teams have gone 12 and 0 and been nine and a half point underdogs in their conference title games. That's interesting. I I'm sure, Hey, Oregon's great and they cover a lot. And I understand Mm -hmm. that And Washington doesn't cover a whole lot. And like the computer puts a ton into like any computer puts a ton on, you know, are you doing better than projected or worse than projected? I, and okay. You know, I, Point taken. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I just think th- this is going to be a close game. I, I think sure. this is, um, this is going to be a lot of fun too. Better, you know, this game will be better than any NFL game this whole weekend. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Probably maybe better than any college game this whole weekend too. That's why I have it at one. Right. All right. My the number two pick here is easy. I'm going to the SEC title game. I'm taking Georgia and Alabama. There's something unique about this rivalry. That's not really technically a rivalry in the classic sense of the word, but every time they play each other, it's yeah. it's important. There's big stakes involved. Sometimes it's been in the title game already. Um, yeah, Georgia favored here by six. I have thoughts on that later maybe, but w- what are your thoughts about what this game should look like? <laughs> Georgia's the better football team here. Um, I don't feel like we need to complicate this too much. I don't think that Jalen Milrow will be able to consistently go up and down the field on this Georgia defense. I don't. I don't think that he will. Um, and I, on the flip side, I do think that Carson Beck will be able to have a lot of success against the Alabama defense. I think this Georgia offense is clicking right now. Um, Brock Bowers will be back. Lad McConkey will be back. All those guys will be playing this week. It's, a again, playoff game. Have to have it. Um, yeah, it's... I'm biased here. 
Um, but <laughs> I think Georgia is the better football team and is playing their best right now at the end of the season yeah. when the best is required. I think they're they're just coming up into kind of a, a foaming boil um, here at the end, as great teams do sometimes. You saw those like those Clemson teams um, from a couple of years back would kind of do that, where they kind of crescendo at you know at the end of the year, it kind of all builds up in you know into uh, November and December. So yeah, I think Georgia's doing that at, at the right time. If Alabama couldn't stop Auburn's running game, my goodness, they have no chance of stopping Georgia's. Um, I that's that's how I feel about it. I, I I agree with you. I've I've kind of been on the train for a good part of the season of of Alabama's defense just being really good. I yeah. was a little disappointed by them against Auburn. Like yeah. I just expected more out of their defense. Um maybe they were overlooking their rival. I have a hard time seeing that. Like, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. Very watchable for me. Where do you go with the number three pick, Ashton? I'm going to uh, yeah. Louisville, Florida State. Um Florida State's favored by two and a half. Uh, what, what are we doing? What what are we doing? Um that's wildly low. Florida State has everything on the line. They have to win. And they're kind of at a place where style points matter. Mm. Like they need to win and preferably by a lot. Um, it's in Charlotte. It's a neutral site, you know, maybe a little closer to Louisville. Who cares? This is one of the biggest games Florida State's had Florida State's played um what since the 2013, 2014 years, right? Like when they're in the playoff, um, that first that first year of the playoff. So yeah, th- they need to win. They need to win big. Um yeah, we'll go there. I, more on that. More on that later. Yeah, I have some thoughts on it later. They might be slightly different than you, but I, I like both defenses in this game. To me, that's Louisville's strength. I, Ten and two season for them. Really impressive year by them. I still do not like their quarterback. Uh, I just ah, uh, uh, props to Jeff Brom. Um, <laughs> You're not a plumber fan. <laughs> I'm not a plumber fan. Um, Jeff Brom is legit. He's a really good coach. I think Louisville really upgraded there from Scott Satterfield. So good no for kidding. them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With the number four pick, I'm going to the Big 12. We'll take Oklahoma State against Texas. Texas favored by 14 and a half. So they're supposed to win this game big, but still very watchable. Um, Mike Gundy would love nothing more than to spoil this for Texas in their last ever Big 12 game. Um there's some real stakes here, by the way. Uh, if all the favorites win this weekend, the committee will have to choose between one loss, Oregon, and one loss, Texas. That would be the choice. And yeah, that might be the toughest choice the committee has ever had to make. Who would you take? Oh, going to make me pick. Yeah. So, so I would say just comparing the two teams, Texas would probably have the best win. They went on the road to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama this year. Right. Oregon, however, would have avenged their only loss. Uh, right. They lost one game to Washington, and then they would have, if we're assuming they win, they they would have beaten Washington then. Right. Is it fair to say whoever looks more impressive, <laughs> like in the conference title? Like, like, to me, it feels very even at this point. Like, like I, it's just saying that they both won is, is still an incomplete picture because I want to know what they looked like. It that That's fair. There's so much love out there for Oregon right now. If they beat Washington, I don't think there's any way you're keeping them out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand everything Texas has done, and I I respect them a lot. 
I mean, I think they're going to fit in well in the SEC next year. I think they're very physical up front. I just, I, I do think with the amount of love that the computers have for Oregon, they're at the top of all of these power indexes and, and, you know, rating team ratings, power rating, all these rating systems have them ranked so high. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think the perception has been swayed. And if they beat Washington, who's going to be probably number three in, in the CFP rankings come tomorrow night, probably three or four, no, no lower than four. Um, they jumped Florida state last week. I, I would only assume that they would stay ahead of Florida state. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like they're going to have a, a huge win over the number three team. I think Oregon looks more impressive just because of, of the little number, you know, in the, in the score box of the team that they beat um, that week. So yeah, I would, I would probably give the, the nudge to the, the, the nod, I guess, to, to Oregon. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think Washington's going to have something to say about that though, man. I, I think sure. that's a close game. So yeah, a lot left out there for sure. Um, I will go ahead with the fifth pick. I'll take the last of the Power Five conferences, Michigan, Iowa. It's a snoozer. Michigan's favored by 23 points. Um, just be real honest here. As long as Michigan scores more than 10, they're going to win this football game uh, because Iowa will not be scoring more than 10 points. So, um, yeah, good for them. Michigan's going to lock up a, a playoff spot. Um, they might even get in with a loss, but that's not something they're probably going to have to worry about. So yeah. there's a chance Iowa covers. There's a chance Iowa covers, but it's not going to be because they had an offensive explosion. It's going to be because Michigan just kind of sat on them and ran out of time. So, um, right. yeah, we'll take Michigan. Yeah, it feels very much like this is the Power 5 championship game that you – obviously, we're going to watch them all. But if you have to scoreboard watch one of them, this is the one. Um, yeah. All right, so that goes to me with the sixth pick and the first of the the five games left with all the group of five conference championship games. Um, I think I'm going to go to the previously mentioned Sun Belt. I want to watch App State against Troy. Troy favored by six and a half. John Sumrall, the head coach there, he's done a really good job, and he's his name has been floated for some bigger jobs. So I kind of want to see his program, see see what he does, see how good of a job he does. Uh, App State has obviously they've been known to play spoiler from time to time. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, six and a half tells me it should be a pretty fun, close game. So uh, yeah, I'll take the Sun Belt Championship game next. I'll go to the American Athletic, uh, SMU and Tulane. Tulane favored by five and a half. The game in New Orleans. Tulane's a good team. Uh, they've been yeah. they've been competitive. Their only loss, by the way, has is a um, a, a loss at home to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a good football team yeah. too. So um, yeah, they're ranked. They're number twenty three currently. Uh, got another win over the weekend. So, yeah, I think they, they're they they're favored. But SMU could – I mean, you can clearly see, like, what Vegas thinks. SMU could could make this one very close. It's at 4 o'clock, which means I'm probably not going to be watching just a ton of it. We'll be really honest. I have probably going to be otherwise occupied in that 4 o'clock time spot sure. um, with, with, with my Bulldogs playing. But, yeah, it's a good secondary screen to have on. Sure. All right, I'm going to the Mountain West. I want to watch Boise State against UNLV. Um, and this is – Boise State favored by two and a half, by the way. This is mostly because of UNLV's offensive coordinator, Brennan Marion, who is one of the rising stars in the industry. He runs this, they call it the go-go offense. They they often have two <laughs> two running backs in the backfield, and they like line yeah. up in weird formations, and they do just crazy unique things. Like the, I think some of the NFL teams, maybe especially the Dolphins, they've been borrowing a few things from his offense. Um, right. I don't know if you remember like five years ago, Cam Newton's little brother, Kalen Newton, um, led, yeah, yeah. led his team to like a 
to an upset. They were like 41 point underdogs or something that was under Brennan Marion. Um, that's the same, same guy. Uh, wouldn't be shocked if we end up seeing him get the offensive coordinator job at like Oklahoma or a school like that this next season. Don't, don't you want him at Notre Dame? Just be honest. You want him at Notre Dame. I would love to. Doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Sounds like we're probably <laughs> stuck with our guy one more. Year. Y'all don't have enough money. <laughs> we got plenty of money. You won't um, spend it. We won't spend it. Um, but yeah, I want to watch Brendan Marion's offense. Good chance we'll see it in a, at a bigger school next year. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's a good pick. Sorry, there was no need of that was just an <laughs> unnecessary chirp, I guess, against Notre Dame. All right, I'm going to Conference USA, New Mexico State, fresh off their win um, against Auburn two weeks ago, I guess. But yeah, mm-hmm. Alabama beat them the next week. No big deal. New Mexico State beat them by three touchdowns, though, at the same the same field. It's crazy. Anyway, yep. they play Liberty. Uh, Jamie Chadwell, uh, you mentioned him, apparently going to be staying at Liberty. They're 12-0, and 0, ranked, favored by 10. Like, Liberty, I don't know. Like, they're probably not going to lose next year either. I've, I've yeah. heard a lot of people out there that say that Liberty could – like they, they could they, – they have – with the way their schedule lines up and the way everything's kind of working out for them, they could they could have a real run here in the next couple of years. So, yeah, something to keep an eye on. Watch Liberty when you get a chance. It's on Friday night um, before Oregon-Washington. Try to watch a little bit of it. They invest more in football than the rest of the CUSA does. Like, they, they – that, True. They're a true. spender. Um, and Jamie yeah. Chadwell is a really good coach. Um, right. Yeah, as long as they hold on to him, they're going to be just fine. All right, that leaves the MAC for me. Uh, Miami, Ohio against Toledo. Actually, kind of interesting because both of these head coaches, Chuck Martin and Jason Candle, being floated for maybe some other jobs. Um, Indiana, yeah. Indiana, possibly. I. Oh, really? You don't think so? I. As hey, what's up with the Gruden stuff to Indiana? That's that's that, fake. That's not a thing. That can't be real, right? That's no, not real. Absolutely not. Okay. John Gruden Good. will not be the head coach at Indiana. It um, was like, what? I was like, what? Wait, what? And then I heard from like three or four people. It's like, that can't, that cannot be happening. Yeah. I, I'll just say as far as, as far as Jason Candle goes, I don't think that would really be a fit at Indiana. He's, he's been able to coach the team with the most talent in the Mac. He, he's been able to to have the team with with he he's the Georgia of the Mac because they have the better players than all the other schools. That is not Indiana's profile in the Big Ten. They need somebody, I think, who can do more with less. And I'm not sure that's what Jason Candle is. It might be what Chuck Martin is. We'll see. But okay. Yeah. Fun little matchup here, something to keep an eye on. Seven months from now, we'll all be wishing we had Miami, Ohio <laughs> against Toledo on our TVs. So yeah that is the problem man like like even like oklahoma state and texas it's it's a it's kind of an afterthought um but dude even three weeks from now uh when yeah. you're sitting there waiting for bowl games to get here like you would you would kill for a you know a big championship game with a trophy on the line right and oklahoma yep. state oklahoma state got crushed by south alabama this yep. year and has turned it around and is playing for a Big 12 championship, and that is wild to me, absolutely yep. wild. All right, let's go to our locks of the week. Recapping last week a little bit, Ashton, you went one and one. Yep. Uh, Georgia was your loss. They, you took them minus 24, and then your win was Kentucky plus seven. They won outright. Uh, yep. You're, you're On the season, you're 17-11-1, so still a great year for you. I had a solid week, four and three. My wins were Mizzou minus seven, Kentucky plus seven. The LSU over 39 and a half and Virginia Tech yeah. minus three. Um, three yeah, very comfortable was... <laughs> covers. 
Uh, <laughs> that was not even hard, man. LSU was not comfortable, but they did cash through for me. My losses were the Ohio State Michigan under 46 and a half, Alabama minus 14 and a half against Auburn, and Georgia minus 24. So three pretty bad losses as well. Um, so my season total is 30 and 32. I'm having a pretty good November. I keep clawing my way back towards 500. We'll see if we can get there. But you are the one who's still well over 500, Ashton. So you're you got the honors on the tee box. What are you looking at for conference championship week? This is a game that I just threw a few of my own hard-earned dollars out after. We talked about Louisville, Florida State. Florida mm-hmm. State's favored by two and a half. It's under a field goal now. It came out. It was it was above a field goal. That has dropped. It's below a field goal. Wow. What what are we what are we doing? This is a game that Florida State has to have, right? Like they're going to empty the whole. I mean, all the ammo is coming out for this game. You they will throw the kitchen sink at it. I think they win. I think they cover. I it's it's too yeah like like they have to there's just there, there's too much on the line they need to win and they need to win by a lot to make a statement they really need this because Florida State even even if they're undefeated there is going to be people out there saying that they should not be in over say a a one loss Texas or a one loss Oregon or yeah whoever you want to put in there um say yeah say say Georgia has a loss they lose to Alabama you're going to put an undefeated Florida State or one lost Georgia in there like people are going to be be arguing the other side Florida State needs to remove the doubt here mm-hmm. um so I I think they're they're searching too they need this too much I, it's pretty much just where it came out at I I I think Louisville is they're a little bit of a paper tiger just just a little bit I, I'm they're a good team they're not top 10 good though like, like where they were ranked you know um last week so yeah they're maybe a little overinflated and I think Florida State has better athletes that I kind of yeah. that's what it came down to for me I would love that if Louisville had won last week <laughs> like, Fair. for yeah. some reason right. it just scares me a little more since they're coming off that win uh that loss to Kentucky I don't know like Two and a half feels so low. It almost feels like a trap. Who's the better football team here? Like, like who's State? more? Who's the more talented football team? Florida State. I agree with you. Who's the, who's the who's the better coached football team? Fifty. No, Florida State. Florida State. Florida State's a better coached football team. Probably. Like, let, yeah, uh, across the board. That's that's where I came out to it as well. Um, also, like they're playing for a playoff spot, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that that can't be. Um, yeah, that 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 can't just that's be true. understated. So. I think I'll join you on that. It just, I mean, my, I was kind of arguing the other side of it just a little bit ago, but that was more just trying to figure it out, figure out the line and why it's so low. I, everything you say, I agree with, like my head is a hundred percent with you. I'm a little scared in my heart, but I will join you on Florida state minus two and a half. Okay. Well, okay. Let's, let's just go into it a little bit. What have we seen from Louisville that makes us think that like, no, that's wrong we should make this a pick them. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like what, what have we seen from Louisville that makes us think that this is, this is even. I really like their pass rush. So okay. maybe Tate Rodemaker doesn't feel the pass rush and he gets strip sacked a couple times. Like some okay. stuff like that could get weird. I, I think they probably just ride the run game. Like hand the ball off a bunch and trust your defense to get a lot of stops against Louisville's subpar offense. Honestly, like, and that's why my more confident play in this game is the under 49. I'm taking the under 49 in this game. I feel like okay. both defenses are really good. Florida State's offense is really good when they have Jordan Travis. Obviously, they do not have Jordan Travis. 
Right. I don't really trust either offense. I think Florida oh. State probably tries to ride the running game, and that will lend itself to an under as well. And I don't know that Louisville can score a lot against them. So I'll take the under 49 along with uh, Florida State minus two and a half. On, on my book right now, literally just right now, I just refreshed from a minute ago, the Oregon-Washington line went to 10. Wow. Um, it's at 10 points. Wow. I, I, I think I have to take Washington. Like mm-hmm. ten points. What what have we seen in in that game when those two teams played each other? When when those two teams played each other, what did we see that made us think like, nope, that's a two possession football game? Mm-hmm. Those teams were even for me. Um, you could say that maybe some fourth down decisions go you know go differently for Oregon, and I might agree with you, but I think that just takes it from you know Washington winning by three to maybe Oregon winning by three. I'm not seeing this 10 points anywhere out there. I'm not locking it up yet. It's a scary amount of points. What do you think? I think that makes sense. Like, it's a lot of points. I do feel like Washington has kind of trended down since that game, and Oregon has trended up. And Oregon's going to be out for blood. They want revenge. They feel like – Weren't they out for blood in that game? Like that's a game that they lost a year ago, a rivalry game, a game that yeah. we pointed to for the first four weeks of the year. Like, ah, wait till this one. Those are two heavy, you know, heavyweights that are going to be squaring off. Like, like I just that that game wasn't void. You know, it yeah. did happen. I wouldn't hate it if you took it. I'm just I'm completely staying away from it. Like, uh, okay, I, I was expecting this line to come out like Oregon minus four, and I was going to take Oregon. I know, the, I know, the, me too. The fact that it's 10, yeah, I'm just not going there. But I, I would not blame you at all if you took Washington plus 10. <laughs> Keep going with yours. I'm, okay. I'm going to think about it. It's so much. I don't know. so many points. I have some weird ones this week. I'm taking Georgia minus five and a half. Got a five and a half out there. Georgia's better than Alabama pretty clearly. I, I do not trust that Alabama's offense is actually legit. I, I, I like a few things that they do. Yeah. They've, they've tied yeah. it together with duct tape. Jalen Milrow is good at a few things. Georgia's defense is good enough, I think, to figure that out a little bit. And I I was disappointed by Alabama's defense last week. I think Georgia can score on them. I'm, I'm surprised it's under a touchdown. So I will just say yeah. thank you, and I'll take Georgia minus five and a half. You want, you want me to keep going, or, or you want to – it's a, it's a great no i mean i'm going to chime in a little bit i'm not going to i'm not going to lock it up with you but i do agree that's the right side the line came out is the line opened at georgia minus three um and has quickly been bet to, to four then then we saw you know four and a half five then we five and a half six and i'm seeing six and a half right now so yeah like it it's going that direction and so yes if you could get it the, the, the earlier the better it seems yeah uh, jalen milrow is a good quarterback i think that jalen milrow when okay He's a great quarterback when the athletes on the field aren't at his level. Yeah. I think that Georgia will be able to spy him better than he has been spied previously. Mm -hmm. Georgia has tremendous athletes on defense. I think they'll be able to keep him contained in the pocket and make him consistently beat him from the pocket. Um, And yeah, I think they'll, they'll, Georgia will stress a lot of gap, like integrity. Like, don't lose your rush lanes. Don't let him – don't get upfield of him and let him sneak out past you. So, yeah, I, I think I think Georgia in that way will be a um, a good matchup for Milrow. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that they'll be able to get stops. I think they'll pick him off 
once, maybe twice. I think Georgia's secondary is really good. And I think he's going to end up, they're going to try to make him be patient and make him consistently beat, beat them on long drives. And, and I think he's going to lose his patience and throw some picks. You touched on something important there. His, his strength has always kind of been the deep shot and you're trying to throw deep against Malachi Starks and like, yeah, this Georgia secondary. Yeah. And I just don't know that that's, yeah. that's not going to be a recipe for success. I don't think. Um, yeah. I'm going to take Texas minus 14 and a half. It's a lot of points. I just feel like they are different this year and Oklahoma state. Oh, I, uh, man, you, you mentioned the term paper tiger earlier. That that's a little bit how I feel about Oklahoma state. I think it was an incredible job by them to get to nine wins. And I think right. Texas, is on, Texas is on another level. Texas needs some style points to get into the playoff, even with a win. Yes. Like, Yes. Winning this game by seven might not be enough. I think Texas comes out with a vengeance. They're going to lay everything they can on Oklahoma State. They they got to put the pedal to the metal. Sark can dial up some stuff. I don't think Oklahoma State's defense is good enough to stop this Texas offense. They might put up 45. Um, and I think they cover yeah. the 14 and a half. Staying away from it completely. No desire, no <laughs> desire to get into that at all. Um, hats off to you. Um, trusting Texas is something that I'm still working on doing. I'm still working on that. Fair uh, enough. Been let down, been let down a few too many times. So, yeah, it's, I, I hope you win. I'm rooting for you to win. Um, I've got two more I'm, plays. I'm at, okay, you go because I all think right. I might be done. You might join me on these. These are a little weird. One is a team total, and I'm taking the Iowa under seven and a half. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I don't think I was scoring more than seven points. I don't know. I don't either. It might be either. shocking for them to score seven. If it does happen, it's probably against Michigan's backups in the fourth quarter. <laughs> okay. um, so I'm taking Iowa under seven and a half. And then I'm taking Michigan minus 12 and a half in the first half. So the Michigan, I'm not taking them to cover for the full game, but I am taking them to cover in the first half when they're actually trying Okay. They might put backups in in the third quarter. I I don't know. At least in the fourth quarter, I could very much see it when the game's in hand. It's a lot. Of, it's like twenty three and a half for the full game. I don't I don't right. quite trust that, but I will take Michigan minus twelve and a half in the first half. I, I like them both. I like no. I like where your head's at. I'm not agreeing. No, I'm not agreeing. <laughs> um, I've I've I'm staying away from from Iowa games. Um, I know I bet on one last week. Again, I'm 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 trying to do better here. Not not gamble on everything. Um, I, I like where you're at, though. I think Michigan sets on Iowa's offense. I don't know what Michigan does offensively for them, um, for like for themselves. I think they probably get super vanilla. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with your point. One that I was looking at, just see what you think. Troy getting six and or no six and a half point favorites, laying six and a half at Troy um, against App State. What do you what do you think? Any thought there at all? Six and a half point favorite. You know, you 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 enjoy betting those guys. You win those a lot. Right. Uh, I, I like that. See, that's, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Sorry. This is, I'm looking something up while we talk about it. I know that's bad podcasting. Um, the only reason app state is in that title game. Yeah. I just double checked it is because James Madison is in play, right? They're not yeah. allowed. App state is fine. They're an eight and four team. Troy is a really good 10 and two team. Um, yes. John Stromwall, we mentioned really good work there. I don't hate that at all. I I, I don't know enough about them to, to join you. Like if you do make that play, I don't know enough about these teams to actually go ahead and pull the trigger on that. But 
I don't hate it just off my limited knowledge of Team okay. Troy. Well, I've I've worked too hard all year to manicure a winning record. Do you really think that I'm going to throw it all away on games that I just have a gut feel about? Um, maybe I might. You never know. Um, I'm going to stick with just Florida State covering the two and a half points. And maybe that's boring. Uh, it's championship week. We don't have a ton of games. I'm going to try to just enjoy these games. I might be betting them live. We'll see. Fair enough. All right. So your only play is Florida State minus two and a half. I'm taking Texas minus 14 and a half. Georgia minus five and a half. The Louisville, Florida State under 49, Florida State minus two and a half, Michigan minus 12 and a half in the first half, and the Iowa team total under seven and a half. All right, let's talk about some coaches, Ashton. So Texas A&M, so Saturday night, they it was coming out. They decided on Mark Stoops from Kentucky. Um, it was all but done. And then apparently the A&M fan base slash the board of directors um, decided that was not what they wanted to happen. So they nixed that after about two hours and they ended up going to Mike Elko, who was formerly the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M and, and two really yeah. good years at Duke. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? You, you feel like this is a good hire for A&M. I do. I, I think they, they somehow lucked back into a good hire. Okay. Yeah. So it reminded me so much of when the snoop, when the, when the Stoops news got leaked, it reminded me of of uh, Shiano to Tennessee, right? Yes. And 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 the fans just it was an uprising, right? And they I think they ended up with Jeremy Pruitt eventually, yeah. right? And and you know, <laughs> yeah. we know how that one, that one didn't work out well, right? For either party, no one's no one's still there, right? Everyone's gone, um, AD included, um, at Tennessee. Anyway, I thought that's kind of what was going to be happening at A and M. And to their credit, they were able to quickly pivot. They killed off the stoop steel very very quickly. And got a good candidate. I was really impressed by being able to pivot so quickly and get Elko from Duke, who's, I mean, he was at AM just, you know, 10 minutes ago. Not not literally, but like he he was a he did a good job while he was there. He was part of recruiting that elite class, you know, from 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 two years ago that's right. still there. Like he was one of the guys that kind of got that thing going. So he has relationships there. I think that's important. He knows how the, the university works. Again, it's kind of a cult out there. It's important to know how it works. It is like, like they have their own thing going. Uh, if you don't believe it, just go watch the introductory uh, press conference. They're all like singing and swaying. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So like, it, there's a thing that they have. I was impressed with it. I think they did a good job. I think Elko would have, they, they didn't go for the sports car hire. Yeah. They did not. They did not go for the Corvette hire. They went and just got a really nice mid-sized sedan that gets good gas mileage and is like, that's what AM needs. They need some stability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that Mike Elko is, he, he's kind of like the cheaper version of Mark Stoops, but he might actually have a higher ceiling theoretically. I, right. I, I think it worked out great for him. Uh, there's a chance, obviously, like any hire, there's a chance he's Jeremy Pruitt. I doubt it. I sure. think. You know, and there's also that chance he's Kirby Smart. Also, I probably doubt that. But right. at a place like AM where they can they can buy plenty of players. They they just yeah. need someone to not screw it up. And I think Mike Elko is a prime example of someone who he dots his I's, crosses his T's. He 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 will have he will have that machine humming quite well. I don't know if they'll ever be a national title contender under him. But I think they they are going to be a consistent ten win team under him eventually, is is my prediction. Te- Texag's pretty much ended the Stoops 
to AM thing. Like, yeah. like people wonder why I spend so much time time on message boards, and I do. I spend I spend a lot of time on there, but like do you, you subscribe you, to their premium board? Sure. Well, okay, no, 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 I don't. I don't. I, I was for a bit. I'm not anymore. Look, don't I'm not just a degenerate here. Um I do, yeah. Okay, that's not the point. Um they they like they pretty much killed off that deal. I I think that's I think that's just incredible how much like power is in some of those like they're they're kind of often kind of like loony people on these boards and yep. like they they have so much sway and I think I I don't know I I thought it's neat um yeah how how quickly everything kind of kind of filled in there so yeah I I agree with you completely we're on the same page this is a good hire maybe not the the flashy hire but. They, they're eating their vegetables. Texas sure. A&M is eating their veggies. They're, they're, yeah, they're living right. They're getting healthy. I think that they have set themselves up for success sooner rather than later mm-hmm. with, with, with the talent that's there. I think they will do a, he will do a good job there. Another school that I think made a great hire is Michigan state they hired Jonathan Smith from Oregon state. Uh, he does, he did nothing but uh, successfully like improve that program pretty much from the minute he took over as a head coach. And I think it makes a lot of sense as far as Oregon state is used to being a smaller fish in a big pond. They had Oregon to deal with. They had Washington to deal with like, right. They were in the PAC 12. They were not one of the big dogs in the PAC 12. And obviously we see how that worked out for him in the long run, Michigan right. state. They are a medium fish in the big 10 they got Michigan in their own state. They got Ohio state right there and they're going to have to deal with Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, like Wisconsin, who knows what they could become. But Jonathan Smith, I think is a really good hire Michigan state. Like, I don't know if they can ever become, become like a big 10 title team under the current, under the upcoming version of the big 10. But I think that was a really good hire. And I think that was, yeah, about as good as Michigan state could have done. Jonathan Smith embodies everything that Michigan State wants to be. Like, yes. like they they need that exact same program that he had at Oregon State transferred to um to Michigan State. Like that's what they want. They want to be tough, physical. They want to run the ball. They want to play really sound defense. And and like we'll take some and take some shots maybe on offense. But like we're going to start with with being physical. I think that he does a really good job of getting more, doing more with less. Um, they're not going, you're right. They're not going to be Ohio state or Penn state or even Michigan. Um, they're going to have to find some success in the margins, turning some, turning some three stars into some four, into four stars and, and having success that way. And, and he's proven it. He's proven that he can do that. So yeah, I think I, I agree. It's a, it's a really good hire. These, these are always funny. Cause like we, we always have these opinions, like what, what a great hire it is. And then two years later, it's like, he's fired and yeah, it, you know, it turns out it didn't work out for him. We don't actually know for sure, but you can give yourself good opportunities and good, good chances of it being successful. And I think it's a good fit. I, so far with what we've seen, it's a good fit. Yep. The other power five hire is Jeff Levy to Mississippi state. Uh, Last week you mentioned Dan Mullen. I mentioned Jamie Chadwell. Sounds like they both kind of turned him down. Um, So they went to Jeff Levy, the Oklahoma offensive coordinator. Uh, Give me one minute quick on, on what do you, what do you think about this hire? I, I'm not sure. I, I'm really not sure. I'm, I think the offense is going to be fun. If we're trying to get back into, you know, what, what is fun about Mississippi state, like even like in the leech years, they had a really fun offense. Maybe we can try to get back into that. I'll be honest. I was a little underwhelmed when I heard it. When you have guys like, I, you know, Willie Fritz, yeah. um, I, I thought he would have been a really fun name. 
there. I like th- there was a couple of others that, you know, I, I I'm sure. Yeah. Chadwell obviously, you know, turned him down already, but like there was a couple of names out there that maybe you chased it a little bit longer trying to get them there. It's Mississippi state. So you're not going to have just the, the pick of anyone, but I was maybe just a little underwhelmed with, with Jeff Levy. Yeah. I, I, I'll reserve judgment. I will say if you're a program like that, kind of at the bottom of your conference, it is nice when you have somebody fun and innovative on offense. Um, I think Indiana yeah. should also look to do the same type of type of thing as far as like find someone who can put up points Um Houston should do the same thing. Um, right. Those are openings. We'll, we'll talk more about those whenever those are filled. But, yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, a lot to cover this week, but we're looking forward to conference championships. Have a great week, and God bless you all. 